Here we go again, everyone. Welcome back to Questioning. Another day, another episode, the same vow. <laughs> Today, I want to share a conversation I had with my ego last year when I was doing shadow journaling. Because there's this misconception that the ego must be killed, but maybe we can have a new perspective about it. People is chasing constantly killing the ego like it's something you can actually kill and I don't really believe we can do that. So today we're going to dive deep into this topic. What's the ego and how to rebuild the relationship with the ego and I'm going to give you five things I learned about having an inflated ego. This is a very open wide episode for me to share because it includes a lot of things and ways of behaving that now I am not aligned with and that person that one was me is not me anymore. So I want to start inviting you to grab a cup of coffee, sit back and let's just embark on this introspective journey together today, this Sunday. Happy Pride, by the way. I think it's very interesting to talk about this topic and these times. I just went back from a very transformative trip to New England with my partner, we visited Providence Towns, which is a very pro-LGTBQ plus community. And during all the trip, I found myself journeying to explore the deeper aspects of life like I normally do. Love, nature, freedom, solitude, and awareness. And also sexuality and my relationship with my ego. But before I could dive into those subjects that I will talk further in more episodes... I knew I had to start by addressing the most intimate and complex relationship of all, the one with my own ego. Everything I ever said to anyone is contained within this enigmatic entity known as the ego, often referred as, well, what I like to call it, our dark side. I'm a Star Wars fan. I believe in the balance of the yin-yang as the bright side and the dark side. But... Envy, jealousy, and hate. We've all experienced these emotions at some point of our life. And if I am being honest, I must admit that I've manipulated others. Even did things driven solely by the desire of my ego. This doesn't necessarily mean that the ego is a bad thing. I grew up in a Catholic family and the concept of being a good person was deeply ingrained in me. But there's... A truth that goes beyond myself, that is basically the fact that being good doesn't mean we won't experience dark feelings. It means we have the capacity to acknowledge and understand them and where do they come from in order to fully understand ourselves. It means sitting down and having a brutally honest conversation with our ego over a cup of coffee, perhaps something that we feel comfortable with. In this episode, I really take full responsibility for my actions in the past and share something that might raise a few eyebrows, raise ourselves, because again, I was begin because again, even if I am a very spiritual person and I try to be a better person every day, I wasn't always a purely good or bad person. I was just simple me, doing the best I could with the level of consciousness and the persona my ego led me to perform with. Is you know, it's very curious to understand 
that sometimes we have so little conscious about who we are and we're so attached to those patterns that our ego in a way created and developed since we were kids to protect ourselves that it's very hard to have a very close relationship with reality and reality means who we are. There's a quote that I love. Monsters are not born, they are made. And sometimes the darkest monsters reside within ourselves. This was from a TV show series that I watched a couple of years ago. The name was Penny Dreadful. The main actress was, um, I think it was Evergreen. And it has an amazing, amazing, amazing plot, basically. But I love this type of series because darkness and sorrow in a way when I was growing up and you see from a young age I was drawn to the shadows if I can say it there were artists like Tim Burton poets like Bubovsky Horacio Quiroga Edgar Allan Poe William Blake and Victoria Woolf they all held a special place in my heart because of how they embrace these down feelings and the darkness And if you explore their works, you will notice one common thread, which is their ability to create art by embracing the darkness within themselves again. And I think this is very related to the relationship they have with their ego. Finding inspiration in this narrative and art, I learned to embrace pain and sorrow as powerful and creative energies. But I also realized that this embrace carried inherent dangers. To truly connect with myself, I needed to accept that full spectrum of being me. And not everyone is ready to embark on that journey. And I understood this while I was growing up and I was realizing that I needed to do something about the relationship I had with my ego because the people that was around me was just a reflection of the things I haven't healed yet. And that's something very dangerous. Now, I want to be clear in something. When I talk about facing the ego, it's not all about rainbows and sunshine. Like I just said, it can be really dark and challenging. Path to traverse. There are moments when silence becomes our refugee, especially when we feel miserable. And the last thing we want to do is confront the turmoil within. When we are unaware of our ego's influence, we unknowingly dance to its tune it's like we're becoming disconnected from ourselves chasing people professional opportunities and even hobbies that may not truly align with who we are being now what exactly is the ego and what's the concept of ego death for those who are listening to this for the first time and are not related to the term the ego is basically how we perceive ourselves. It encompasses our beliefs, self-image, and can often make us self-centered and protective. On the other hand, ego death is basically this process of a temporary loss of our sense of self. This, for most people, is extremely terrifying because it's what they know about themselves. It's like letting go whatever you know that you believe you were. And once you do this, it leads you to a lot of transformative experiences where you basically feel connected to something greater than yourself. For some people, this happens with religion. For some people, this happens with spirituality. That is my case. And for some people, happen with narcissism. That is one of the most dangerous things <laughs> because a narcissist can be born 
but you can also become a narcissist through the performance of your ego and how how much power your ego has. There are countless readings, discussions, and practices aimed at eliminating or killing the ego. Many spiritual seekers, philosophers, and even enthusiasts of esotericism and psychedelics explore various methods to access this profound experience. But let me share a personal truth with you. Truth for me, of course, this is very subjective. It's my experience, but I don't believe in killing the ego after reading a lot of papers and books and studies about spirituality and now preparing myself to become a yoga coach. In my journey, I've come to view this killing thing as an illusion. And it's a very dangerous concept propagated by gurus and holistic practitioners in their attempts to guide people towards self-discovery. I've tried almost every method out there, searching for the source of my inner pain and seeking solace from the actions my ego compel me to take. And from those experiences, I've arrived at the following conclusions and is what I will actually share with you in this episode. First and foremost, recognize that you might not be a good person and recognize when your ego is inflated. If it has taken control of your life, one effective way to explore and acknowledge your shadow self is by practicing something called shadow journaling. And I want to make sure that I clarify the fact that this does not replace any type of therapy. It's just another tool you might use to be more connected with your consciousness. So shadow journaling is a concept derived from Carl Jung's psychological theory. According to Jung, each of us has a hidden aspect of our personality comprising repressed thoughts, emotions, and desires. So shadow journaling provides an opportunity to self-reflection, self-discovery, and healing that surpasses the effects of daily affirmations or meditation. It was through this practice that I began to recognize the long journey I had yet to undertake alongside my ego. But going back a little bit and getting a little bit more personal, I am going to share a couple of things that made me realize that I had an inflated ego and maybe they help you to understand if you're going through this because what I'm going to share is a glimpse into my toxic past relationship with my ego. I really believe all the thoughts and feelings will resonate with many of people that have experienced an inflated ego before. They might be realizing that there's something going on there that they should acknowledge. And that that is precisely what is crucial to acknowledge everything I'm going to say with radical honesty. The first thing, basically, and it's the first lesson that came in the form of a humble realization was the desperate need to always be right. Deep down, even if I knew I wasn't always correct, my ego craved that validation. However, as I acknowledge this tendency within myself, because I, I, mean, I cannot stand it right now, a wave of humility washed over me. It was like instantly, like realizing and getting inwards made me realize that I can take the power of truly listening and embracing open-mindedness. And most of all, understanding that I won't have the last word always. And I can engage them in healthy dialogue. No longer did I seek to dominate conversations. 
with my opinions and my life perspective, but rather I sought understanding growth and learning alongside others. And that's how you can create genuine connections and, you know, tell your ego like, thanks, but this time I don't really need you. I can do this by myself and I don't want to be right. <laughs> It's like a very intimate conversation you have with it once you understand how it operates. Another lesson involved was the desire for more. More things, more success, more recognition. I believe that by accumulating material possessions, I will find more value inside of me or I will fill the void within me. But the more I acquire, the emptier I felt. It was my ego driving this hunger. So to realign my path, I began focusing on what I already had and cultivating gratitude, like every day waking up and writing in a paper all the things I was grateful for that day. And with this, I discovered that true fulfillment comes from meaningful experiences, nurturing relationships and being fully present in the moment what would you already have there and now. This one I'm going to say right now, and I think it gets darker and darker, but another lesson or signal that I had an inflated ego was manipulation and disrespect. I used to think that I was superior to others, capable of tricking or using them for personal gain. I know this might sound awful and you might say you were a fucking shitty person. I don't think I was. I was just acting for my ego. And I think we all do that certain times in relationships, in professional fields, with our families sometimes when we were kids. Manipulation is something very common that belongs to our human experience and we eventually have to experience it to know that we don't want to do that again. I realized the harm I was doing in such thinking and I shifted my approach, treating others with kindness and respect. This is something that I did like a lot of years ago, especially when I was maybe in college or getting out of high school. I think I haven't done this in like a lot of years because I really have worked a lot into live that manipulative and disrespecting attitude towards other. And I don't like to make anyone do what they don't want to do. Like I always want to make sure that I recognize people's worth and also interest and I care for them well-being, even if that means that they don't want to be in my life. This transformation allowed me to build stronger relationships and experience a deeper sense of fulfillment. And also, when I had like fights or arguments with people, changing this and being honest and being kind and respectful open a new space for a new dialogue or maybe a new conversation where things can be clarified for both parties. Jealousy and resentment were one's frequent visitors in my life. Seeing others succeed will trigger feelings of envy and bitterness. I, I do recognize I was toxic. And, and I also recognize the toxicity of these emotions and discovered that I can actually get happy and feel happy for others' achievements. That does not determine that I am not as successful Like, I'm not more or less successful than others. Because first of all, you shouldn't be comparing yourself to others. <laughs> like, 
that, and that's what the ego does. It's constantly comparing. It's constantly looking for more. So instead of comparing myself to everyone else, I focus on my own journey and personal growth. If I was cringy with my content, fuck it, I was cringy. Because I know deep down that people that like my content will connect with the things I'm saying. Understanding these and having this shift allow me to release negative feelings and find contentment with my own life and be happy for others, which is something very kind to do. This next one, it's a big one because it's about setting goals. And this was another area where my ego exerted its influence. It insisted on grand aspirations that will elevate me above others. Better job opportunities, better things. But I learned that authenticity and alignment with my values were far more important than pursuing superficial success. So, like, what do you really have to prove? To whom? To your to your mom? To your friends? To your boyfriend? Fuck it. By setting these realistic goals that truly resonate with yourself, you will start begin feeling this genuine sense of accomplishment and self-worth. Free from the need for external validation. Like, no one should define your goals or set your goals. No one has that fucking power unless you give it to them and you give it to your ego. The truth is, the ego often blind us to the needs and feelings of others. It traps us in this self-centered mindset when we are not able to see more than ourselves. I did it. I fell victim to these patterns. However, it took a while and a lot of job to awaken from this process and the importance of just compassion and empathy towards others. I started caring about others and be more aware of the way I acted and the way I reacted to situations and problems and discussions and whatever it was around me. And I showed genuine interest in everyone else's experiences and emotions. And I love connecting with people. That's the whole reason of my project. This shift in perspective allowed me to become a more centered and aware individual. And through my journey, I realized that dominating or killing the ego was never the answer. Instead, I was curious about it. I wanted to educate myself and understanding what can be more effective. No one enjoys being dominated or punished. And that includes your own ego. The more we try to dominate it or kill it or resist to it, the harder it becomes to identify the origins of our limiting beliefs, thoughts and emotions. Be curious. Build a new relationship based on genuine curiosity like when you were a kid understanding yourself. Have compassion. And from that compassion and curiosity, you can open yourself to growth. So to summarize everything I just said in this episode and my personal recommendation on how to proceed with this whole concept of building a new relationship with your ego, First, recognize and embrace the darkest aspects within yourself. Just like the poets and artists I admired before and I mentioned, it's not about labeling these aspects of yourself as good or bad. It's about accepting them as part of your humanity. The second thing I think it will be approaching your ego, again, with genuine curiosity. 
And if you're exploring yourself for the first time, educate yourself. Just like if you were learning how to read again or write again. Be prepared to delve into painful experiences. For it's when the answers of your questions and your encrypted situations come up. And finally, break free from that awful cycle of victimhood and stop blaming others. Because if you don't like who you are, if you don't like how you're feeling, you are the only one with the power and the capacity to change it. Because the past no longer defines you. I wish that in my early 20s, I have known this path to educate myself, to learn from my ego, and to embrace the complexities of just being human. True mastery occurs when we can embrace our darkest, lowest, and most awkward selves, including that ego we've created to protect ourselves. Edgar Tolle once said, the day that you decide that you are more interested in being aware of your thoughts than you are the thoughts themselves, that is the day you will find your way out. And that's precisely what I found. The weight out of a cycle of ego domination. Thank you for joining me today on this journey. We are all works in progress. So learning and growing as we navigate this beautiful, messy and extraordinary existence. Join me for the next episode and just be part of this experience. I am thrilled that you're here. I am very happy that I did this episode. I have so many things to share about my trip and so many reflections I did, and I wrote a lot about it. I did a couple of articles. By the way, I am also sharing my experience through Medium. I will leave the link in the description of the episode. I am creating my personal blog basically on Medium and just sharing my journey, my written word on these platforms. And I would love you to support me there if you want. And don't forget to leave a comment. What do you think about the episode? What things would you like to consume in the future? And I hope you have a great Sunday.